0: Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. Hi everyone, welcome back to Startup the Science. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we have another, where are they now segment? In these episodes, we like to reach out to past startup guests and ask them what they've been up to since they were last on the show. On a personal note, (laughs) these episodes are probably my favorite to create because it's quite exciting to hop on a Zoom call and say hi to all these familiar faces and talk about what they've been up to. So on this episode, we have five startups, most of them from season one, which is exciting. And as I was listening and also putting together all the clips for this episode, I started to notice a common theme throughout all of the updates, and you can probably all guess what it is. If you guess Corona, then you are correct. <laughs> Though sometimes I myself feel pretty over the COVID theme in general, and I'm saying this while well. <laughs> In our second lockdown here in Germany, it was actually quite interesting to hear many different angles and perspectives from these startups about how COVID has or hasn't affected them and their businesses. And on that note, (laughs) our first startup is our friends in the UK, Thermulon, and their experience with corona hit them quite close to home. I'll let them explain so here's all three of them, actually, Rosalie, Sam, and Alex of Thermilon.
1: Thanks, Christina. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been quite a year for us. Uh, I guess I should probably just remind people who we are and what Thermilon does. So at our heart, we're a process engineering company that's reducing the cost of aerogel building insulation materials. So currently, if you want to insulate a building you either need to use high performance plastic based materials which are combustible and are actually being banned in a lot of european countries for certain building types or people are going back to old school materials like glass fiber rock wool mineral wool which are inherently non combustible have great fire performance but are really low low thermal performance and so using up huge amounts of wall space And so what we're doing is we're taking aerogel materials, which are inherently non-combustible and some of the highest performing materials in existence, and we're developing new process chemistry to bring their price down drastically. And that is really what we're doing as a company. Um, We actually met a year ago at AdmaCom for the first time as a team. So convinced Alex, who is our resident chemical engineer, to quit his job at Hatch in Canada and hop on a plane to Berlin and join us for the Admacom Accelerator. And then also convinced Roz, who I'd met a couple of days before the Accelerator started, um, who was looking for roles in business development to just come to Berlin and join Thermilon. And it's clearly been a success because we are the the core co-founding team now, myself, Alex and Rosalie, um, who who have been pushing Thermilon forward over the last year.
2: Yeah, so Admecon was actually quite a big moment uh, for us as a company because it was a place in two weeks when uh we had the time to actually sit down and go through all aspects of the business you know to go through the chemistry to go through the process scale up to go through our ip strategy and also you know to consider all the things that are really specific to material and uh deep tech startups, which is, you know, how do you align your business strategy and uh, commercial outreach with your production capacities? And that's what was quite special about Admecom for us, not just all of us meeting for the first time. We formulated all this and with a solid business strategy, we actually could go off and start fundraising. So straight after Admecom, we went into full-time fundraising. We had a plan at the time to close our Seed funding round in March or April of this year, which seemed like a really good idea at the time. little did we know that we will set the time of the closing of our seed round around a week after u k goes into full lockdown so it was a it was a pretty intense time to be fundraising, but at the same time it was a It was a real testimony to the investors that we chose to work with. So we've got some brilliant people who supported us in the round, including Sustainable Ventures, who led the round and who we work with very closely ever since. But it was a pretty crazy time. I mean, like both Sam and Alex uh, actually had the corona while we were closing, especially Alex. I mean, I haven't heard from you for like two weeks then.
3: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Rosie. Yeah, definitely having the the coronavirus there at the end of the funding round did... uh, add another dimension to it. Um, but as you said, we pulled through and, uh, yeah, obviously ended up, uh, ended up okay. Um, but yeah, obviously it was a hard time for, for a lot of people, uh, probably most people more, more so than us. Um, because, you know, I think, I think in the end we were able to put a, put a positive spin on that time period because we had just done the funding round at that time. and, And we still do have a good outlook for the next sort of year and year and a half. And we took some time to really think about our goals uh, and do some planning and, and strategy. And what we ended up doing is we brought the new and existing partners on board. Um, we brought on Imperial College on the chemistry side and then a company called Best of Lime um, that works in insulating lime plaster formulation. And we went in on some grants together um, because there's been really great support for R&D companies in the UK, especially since the lockdown we won some of them and they're just kicking off now. And it's really to focus uh, on the optimization and scale up of our core process over the next year or so. And then also putting those materials that we produce uh, into Lime Plasters to do our first you know, full insulation projects. Uh, so we're really, really excited about that. And I think Sam can, uh, can give some detail about how that's going at the moment.
1: Yeah. So although this year has been a bit Slower than we perhaps would have hoped, it has allowed us to do that step back, and we pretty much doubled our money with the grants. And so we've still been continuing tech development with uh, a company called Center for Process Innovation. They're up in the northeast of England, and they've been really doing some of the core development work for us as they've been open the whole time of uh, kind of during the pandemic. Um, we just hired our first employee, so Joyce has just joined us from Oxford University. She just finished her PhD in similar sort of materials to what we're doing that's going really well it's really exciting and she's very eager to get into the lab so we're expecting to sign all the final contracts and be in imperial kind of at the beginning of november so it's been um it's been a super exciting time even though it's it's been a bit of a difficult time as well and we're just really excited to get making aerogels and getting to insulating some houses
2: yeah and if you're a company that's interested in working uh with Highly efficient, non-combustible insulation materials. Just look us up and get in touch. So we're out there at thermilon.com. That's T-H-E-R-M-U-L-O-N. Or you can find Thermilon on LinkedIn or just ping me an email, email at rosalie at thermilon.com. And we're looking forward to being in touch. Cheers. Thanks, Christina.
1: Terms and conditions may apply. <laughs>
2: Thank
0: you, Thermulon. If you want to keep laughing, you should go and uh, listen to their episode. It's season two, episode two. All I remember about that episode really is how much I laughed. So um, go and listen to that one for sure. Just a few notes before we move along. If you want to contact Thermulon or any of the startups that you hear on this episode, I'll be leaving their links in the description feel free to reach out to us as well on our website or by email and we'd be happy to connect you. Our next startup guest is from season one and funny enough, they were also a finalist during the 2019 AdmaCom alongside Thermilon. They are Surf, our lovely friends from Denmark and they also have some really great news to share. If you've not listened to their episode or not acquainted with their technology, they are rethinking adhesion technology with their nanothin surface coatings. I like to call it super super glue, but that tends to not be very descriptive enough. So if you want to learn all about it, their episode is Season 1, Episode 5. But for now, here's Mikkel giving us an update on Surf.
4: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so um, a short update on what has happened since, uh, since our last time uh, appearance on this show. Uh, a lot of things has happened since... 2019. Mainly, we have been working a lot with our technology in 2019 and made a true breakthrough. Uh, we have been moving from a proof of concept with our technology into actually a scalable production ready uh, technology so we can work directly with customers to implement our technology and have it scale up to to high volume. That also means that we have been onboarding a lot of new customers, so we have actually now 25 ongoing pilot projects with uh, customers from different sectors. We have life science customers, we have uh, energy sector, we have uh, automotive in countries ranging from US, Europe and to Asia. We have the first customer where we are moving into now uh, a production. Uh, So in beginning of 2021, we expect to have the first customer producing products using the Redisurf technology and delivering that to customers at a higher volume. The first customer is likely going to be in the US and then next step is uh, customers in Europe. We have uh, also very importantly, since the last time, we have secured funding for the next few years in Redisurf. We have got a very big grant from the European Union through the Horizon 2020 program, an ESC grant of blended finance, where we got first uh, 1.5 million euro to scale up uh, our technology and bring it onto the market. That has obviously also led to a growing company. So we have grown since 2019, where we were six people uh, employed in Redisurf. We are now 10 people uh, full-time working in Redisurf. We have onboarded the first uh, business guy on the team, so we are not only technical people now on the team. That has obviously also been leading to to a lot of new developments in terms of customers, and that also means that our revenue has been been growing. We have been actually making uh, more than more than doubling our revenue every year since two thousand nineteen. So, uh, to, since two thousand eighteen, actually. So. Obviously, growing a company uh, in, in the chemical industry also leads to a lot of challenges, a lot of new challenges. Uh, and especially we're looking into huge challenges in the next uh, few months, the next half year in terms of uh, facilities where we're scaling up. Uh, so we are also looking into moving our company from our current facilities into new facilities during the next six months. Uh, where we'll have not only laboratory facilities, but also real production facilities. In that regard, we are, of course, uh, looking for anybody who has good ideas of where to place a a chemical company. Partners who would be willing to work with us in terms of uh, scaling up chemical production, in terms of scaling up mixing facilities, not only in, in Denmark and Europe, but also local partners who could be interested in working with us and broadening out our technology in U.S. and potentially also in parts of, of Asia. So if you're, if you're interested in working with us, getting in contact with us, uh, supporting us, or being uh, testing our technology, feel free to reach out to us. To us look at our website at redsurf.com. Check out our LinkedIn profile, also to look for potential new uh, hires that will definitely also come up in in the next uh, six to 12 months. So, uh, yeah, happy to, to talk to any of you.
0: Thanks, Mikkel. We are so happy that the team is growing and business is chugging along. I actually asked Mikkel after we had recorded the clip, if Variety Surf had experienced any rough patches due to corona, and he basically said not really. Some delays in pilot projects maybe, but just as Thermilon said, I think these times of standstill are a really great time for startups to sort of step back and check out other avenues they hadn't checked out before. So we're really happy for Variety Surf, and we can't wait to see what happens next for them. Next up... Our neighbors here in Berlin, motorskins. And again, funny enough, they were also part of AdmaCom 2019 alongside Ratty Surf and Thermulon. And they too have been exploring new avenues during Corona time. They made masks, and I have two of them. <laughs> Thanks guys. So that was great, but that's not actually what they do, just a recap. Motor Skins is creating soft exoskeletons that function as external muscles, and a lot has been happening in their universe. So here's Facundo and Jose, and a shout out to Juan, who was in the room at the time of the recording, updating us about Motor Skins. Okay. Hi, Cristina.
5: It's great to talk to you again. And Last time we talked, I think it was August last year, when we were in the first podcast that was... Actually, it was a very early stage for us. So it was great to get to know the, the Inam family. Back then, we were part of the Design Farm Accelerator. So it's a design in accelerator from Bison City And I remember by the end of the podcast, you told us to apply to Atmacom. And actually, we did. And it was a super good experience. We got actually like three awards there, like the proud favorites. The Sony Awards and actually the opportunity to go to the Global Innovation Summit. That for us was great. We went to China and we highly recommend Admacom every time. And for us, was a huge opportunity from learning from other startups that have been like walking this path for longer mm-hmm. and to see their experience. Right now, um, we got this year Exist, that is a very important grant from the German states that aims to bring research out of the academia and to bring it to market. So it kind of suits us. Uh, We're very happy with that. We have the full team working full time in the project and that's really boosting our times and our results. So we are very, very happy about that. And maybe, yeah, also you can tell us a little bit of what we're doing from the point of view of the product and
6: the technology. Yeah, well, uh, last time I wasn't there, but (laughs) the guys told you that we are working on the on this medical product, and it's still there. But the application we realized that we could have much more impact if we actually addressed a rather preclinical conditions than um, than medical conditions. So uh, right now we are keeping that in development as a prevention for uh, muscle weakness. The other thing that has happened is that we are also developing a lifestyle product. We have many possibilities uh, on how to apply our our technology. So we have we can do sports uh industry, uh, warehouses, gaming and VR. Um and with all this we decided okay we we can focus on the exomuscle part for the medical product uh, but we can also do something for improved circulation uh, which is this lifestyle product that I was mentioning and uh, we can also have something for feedback for example for people that because of diabetes or other conditions have lost uh, the sensitivity in the soles of their feet we could transfer the, the sensation to, to another area to give them that information in a, in a different way.
5: Yeah I think that we are what we realized that Our technology can be applied to many things of course as we are a startup we need to focus our resources in one which is in this case is the lifestyle probe for improved circulation but our vision is much broader so we want to tackle not only medical things but also sports maybe industry and warehouses essentially every person that may be standing like for uh, long periods of time, so they tend to have like problems with the circulation and having heavy legs, so we can do a lot for them, and also other things like gaming and VR, so we can give like a better experience for users. What are we looking for
6: right now? Uh, well, we are looking for research partners. So somebody that does, for example, gait analysis, or uh, somebody in the science of movement area, uh, to really understand how uh, the user and the exoskeleton work with each other then production partners uh, because maybe you want to talk more about that we, uh, how we are going into the, the development of the garments okay yes okay. right now we are we have an mvp that we
5: are looking forward to try with different users and we have pretty much since last time we talked improved our production method so we have a in-house production pipeline that works quite well by now, but we know that when we want to go to the market, we need to outsource that. So that's not our bottleneck. And we're looking for production partners with experience in knitting, but also technical fabrics welding. So that would be one thing. And from January on, we are also going to open our next founding round. And uh, so we are looking forward to get to talk also with Investors or different programs that can support us.
6: And if you want to get in touch or uh, have more information, you can take a look at our website, uh, which is motorskins.com. And we are here in Motion Lab. You can come on by in Berlin. <laughs>
0: Thanks guys. Yes, Motor Skins is housed at Motion Lab, and we did a cool episode with the ladies of Motion Lab that you can listen to on episode 23 of season two. And if you want to find out how far Motorskins has come, check out their episode in season one, episode seven. We're so proud of them, and we're definitely looking forward to trying on one of their exoskeletons in the near future. How exciting would that be? Now our next startup is from the episode following Motorskins, episode eight of season one Oxyphen Tech. We got to know Oxyphen through Admacom 2018, so it had really truly been a while since we last spoke to them. Oxyphen produces anti frictional wear resistant composite materials for heavy industry applications. Now, Corona has really hit heavy industry a bit hard. I didn't really know much about it until I spoke with Vlad. Oxifen, of course, was affected, but not so much negatively. I think the hardest part for them has been the waiting. But much like what I said earlier, these strange times have also started to open up different pathways, and Vlad shares a very interesting update in terms of international cooperation that some of you might find really informative. I'll leave the rest for Vlad to explain. So here's his update on Oxifentec. Tech.
7: Hello, guys. Uh, my name is Vladimir, and I would like to speak about what we've been up to uh, this year, this hard year. So we produce a thermosetting wear-resistant polymer composite material, which is designed to help with bearing friction losses in heavy-duty applications. Uh, The details that we make can be used in a variety of applications in the heavy-loaded friction units such as bearings for cranes, vanes for rotary machines, and so on. So our material helps to improve the reliability the operational characteristics and safe on breakdown losses and maintenance. And we offer a cheaper and enhanced wear-resistant alternative to peak, PTFE, steel, uh, bakelite, and other uh, friction materials. So this year started as a surprise for us because of the price war in terms of the oil uh, in the beginning of the year. So we are really dependent on oil and gas industry because we were making uh, special bearings for the pumps, for the electrical submersible pumps. So we were dependent on the price of oil because when the price of oil is high, we are able to sell it for more expensive and the companies are willing to actually uh, invest more into the maintenance of their pumps. So when the price war hit, we were uh, really amazed because it's uh, we, di- we didn't think before that it was actually possible uh, this year because, I mean, uh, people were already starting to speak about the COVID, about the consequences it may have on the economy. So, you know, the lockdown would stop all the businesses, especially the businesses that deal with uh, uh, production, with the uh, industrial kind of focus. So we thought it was not the best idea to actually initiate the uh, price war, but we have what we have. And actually, we got very lucky at the beginning of the year because we were in the talks with one of the companies that uh, creates uh, the electrical submersible pumps in Russia. And we actually were able to finish the sale, finish the deal with them and uh, send the details to them uh, actually three days uh, before the prices of oil went down. So uh, that's, I guess, the luckiest part of this year for us because, well, with the COVID and lockdown, pretty much all of our initiatives, all of the pilots that we have right now kind of became frozen. The first pilot that we were doing, it was with a Swedish company uh, that deals with the production of mining and drilling equipment for boring. They are kind of one of the leaders in the world in this uh, regard. So we actually supplied them uh, several bearings for them to test on their boring machine and to see if uh, they can actually get rid of the lubrication chamber. So uh, we supplied them uh, the bearings and then we're still waiting for them to start the tests. So we are pretty uh, optimistic about this new direction. We haven't worked before with the drilling and boring stuff, but uh, we actually think that it has a huge potential because... The world still needs, uh, I mean, raw materials. The world needs uh, minerals. Uh, a lot of money is invested into this part, and it's probably actually going to become a bit bigger than oil and gas for us in the upcoming years. Uh, so the next pilot that we were working was uh, under the Fast Track program, which is a B two B startup accelerator for industrial businesses. So the way it works is that they have uh, four uh, huge family-owned companies that are located in southern Germany, in Switzerland, or Austria. And uh, you kind of pitch them and present your technology, and then they think if they can apply it and see some sort of results in it. We actually work with one company over there. So we found actually a new application possibility for our material, which is rings and packings for uh, sealing rings, for piston rods, for reciprocating compressors. You know, it's pretty complex. So basically, it's something that doesn't let the gas uh, or the pumped medium to uh, spill out of, uh, of the compressor. And the way it does it, it kind of spins around the rut. So it creates some sort of friction. That's why the friction materials are used over there. The company that we are doing the pilot with uh, was using uh, their own materials. They were using as well PEAK and PTFE, depending on the properties that were required. And they will test our material actually against PEAK and PTFE in their most demanding uh, condition to see if we can uh, compete with them in that part. Uh, As well, we have the same situation with this company due to the COVID. Their testing activities have been uh, halted. And now uh, in October, they actually started the tests. They were already purchased all the equipment that they needed. So we are very optimistic about it as well. And I guess uh, something more interesting, uh, that's about our international expansion. So when we conducted competitive analysis of the regions where our materials can be used, uh, we thought that some other regions except for Europe and maybe North America may benefit our business and we may have some sort of competitive advantage there. So uh, a company from Iran actually approached us and said that they have a lot of heavy industry in their country and uh, our materials can be used to uh, well, to create friction elements for this uh, heavy industry. So due to the sanction regime uh, in Iran, they are not actually able to import uh, all the details of the equipment as easily as uh, some European country, for example, can do it. So that's why they have to actually rely on themselves on it or some countries that are actually allowed to work with uh, Iran, according to the United States sanction regime. So uh, we actually took this opportunity because uh, the Iranian market seems very huge. The uh, internal demand for oil, gas, for minerals and for other applications uh, in some industries actually exceeds the one of Russia. And uh, also it's very interesting that In several companies, they use uh, some very old equipment with uh, very old uh, technologies in terms of friction. So they basically use steel as their friction material everywhere. So we can uh, have uh, the biggest benefit, actually, when we replace something that was made from steel. So on this week, we conducted a sales agency agreement with the guys over there who are going to represent our company in Iran. And they already have uh, several companies from the maintenance, from oil and gas and from compressors waiting for the first samples on the line. So we are actually very excited to start our journey to Iran because it must be a very different market from what we're used to. It might have some sort of different problems that we haven't had before, but we see a lot of potential. We see the guys that we work with who are very passionate about what they're doing. They are experts. And uh, we hope that they are actually going to be able to uh, improve uh, the position of Oxofen on the Iranian market. So that's pretty much it about our development this year. We haven't been really touched by the COVID in terms of the orders volume that we already had because it did not decrease because it was mainly for maintenance. Uh, But for the parts of our business that deal with the new equipment where Oxofen is installed as kind of like the standard detail, we have seen a downturn in that regard, and we'll try to alleviate it probably next year when the economy is going to get better. So we actually hope uh, that we are able as a country or and as a whole world to overcome uh, the COVID pandemic, and we are able to actually get back to our pilots and finish everything that we had planned for the previous year and, and make some uh, new customers on the way. Okay, I guess that's it. Thank you
0: cliffhanger alert not sure about you guys but i'm super curious how their adventures in iran turns out we might have to do another one of these catch-ups with vlad maybe in a year or so just to find out our last but definitely not least update is from the lovely laura of ghost feel it ghost is our friendly neighborhood haptic startup If you hadn't heard their episode, it's Season 2, Episode 7, and they talk about how their business has evolved from hardware to software. So here's Laura with her update about Ghost. Feel it.
8: Hi, I'm Laura. Thanks for having me again. Um, Really nice to be back and I'd love to give you a little bit of an update what happened in the past few months uh, since we've been on the show last time. First, I mean, we've been pretty active in, in the automotive industry um, as we've been last time. And we've been pushing the fact that we're not only doing projects or not only doing the hardware, but especially pushing the software and the software development. And we've come pretty far or really far from um, from like a year ago, Back then, we had a general idea of uh, how the software should look like so that our customers can design vibration feedback by themselves. And now, basically, out of the two tools, one is already built and already done the beta testing. um, And the second one is now in the final touches um, to also start beta testing with that one. We I mean obviously, um, because of Corona, a lot of uh, the automotive industry has been um, on pause, but it's slowly getting back and a lot of the talks um, that we had are are back and more concrete. We are also um, gonna start follow-up projects from the projects that we had previously to kind of work on it on it. Further And um, we've received a lot of positive feedback from the haptics industry in general, but also from our customers, um, especially after testing the software, because it really gives you so much more um, possibility and and, and, and enables you really to create the best vibration feedback um, that you can. One of the things that we are still looking for is uh, trying to grow the team a little bit more, um, especially when it comes to sales and marketing. Um, so if anyone is interested in, in geeking out about how we can use a sense of touch to improve the human feed interaction, give us a call. And how do you do that? Basically, go on our website, ghost-feel.it, so it, and You can also write us an email at hello at ghost-veal.it. And there are also more contact details on how you can reach us that way. Also follow us on Instagram or um, uh, Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever media you prefer.
0: Thanks, Laura. And just in case some of you out there listening are interested in working in a cool startup like Ghost... We have a job board on our website, www.enam.berlin, and you can find quite a number of open positions at startups, including some of the ones you heard on this episode. So make sure to check it out. Thanks so much for listening to part two of Where Are They Now? Tune in next week for another new episode. We'll be ending season two. After next week, we already have fun things planned for season three, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening cue the outro. Thanks for listening to Start Up the Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enum.ruin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time!